Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and I will be your host, guiding you through every episode. We'll mostly talk sports, but we'll also throw in some entertaining, fun, and even some weird topics and conversations. Plus, you'll never know who will be joining me in each episode. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Man Cave. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Dan Casper here. How y'all doing? What's up? What's going on? Happy end of April, May, coming up here. Getting excited for the summer. Hell yeah, baseball, fishing, uh, a little golf. Got the NFL draft coming up next week. A lot of stuff happening out there, I tell you. Uh, what are we going to be chatting about on, uh, on this episode of the Mayan Cave podcast? Well, um, if some of you listen to the, to the radio show, you're probably here because you want to find out when the second annual Casper Classic is being held and where it's going to be held. So that, uh, I will drop that, that nugget sometime in this podcast not going to tell you when though it'll be happening it'll be happening so we got that um draft is next week so you can imagine next week's podcast is going to be very heavy in uh, in nfl draft talk even uh, listeners to this podcast you'll get my I'll, I'll i'll tell you what if you are a listener of this podcast you will be the first to know my first round mock draft and my complete seven round packers mock Okay, just giving you that little bit there. But with the draft next week, I'm going to do a little top five in terms of top five worst number one. All right, that's the key. Number one overall draft picks. I I know worst sounds really dramatic and, and all that, but uh, it's just, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I'm not trying to, I mean, obviously these dudes that I'm going to be bringing up here, you know, number one picks in the NFL, that's that's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? But obviously their their careers didn't work out. So, you know, number one or the top five busts to come from the number one overall pick. So not overall draft, you know, one through 250-some. I'm talking about guys who were drafted number one overall. My top five, my personal top five of the biggest busts coming from that position. All right? Um, and I got to tell you, I finally watched The Batman. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this latest movie you know, added to the Batman franchise, all right? Because this is the Man Cave Podcast, and we talk about anything that uh, that we would be talking about in our Man Caves, right? So, yes, it's going to be a little bit of big... Uh, see, I was going to say Bigfoot. It's going to be a little, uh, little bit of Batman talk coming up here, too, so... Uh, we got that. Um, NBA playoffs are going on. I know I'm a little bit late. We're a couple games into it, but nothing has changed my opinion. So I'll do some NBA uh, picks and predictions and and all that good stuff too. But uh, um, actually, you know what? Let's let's lead off with uh, with the NBA talk here for to open up this this uh, this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Yeah, let's let's lead it off here. So um, NBA playoffs going on. Right now, some series got a couple games in. Um, some will will be beginning their second games here shortly. 
Um, it I realized that after I uploaded the this episode of the podcast last week that I forgot to, to make my predictions. Forgot to make my predictions here. So I'm going to play a little catch up here and give you my predictions. Nothing has really changed my thought process from you know some series being a couple games into it. So starting off with the Western Conference, uh, Suns are going to beat the Pelicans. I know the Pelicans just won the other night, but I'm going to stick with my Suns pick. Uh, Memphis and Minnesota, I think, at, at, at originally I thought was going to be a really interesting series between two teams. No playoff experience, not a lot of playoff experience amongst uh, a lot of those guys, a lot of those players. Um, intriguing matchup between a two and a seven. Still sticking with Memphis, although if Minnesota would have won the other night, I probably would have changed my pick to to the T-Wolves, but I'll stick with Memphis in there. Uh, Golden State, I think, is is going to take care of business in their series against the, against the Denver Nuggets there, so I've got Golden State also advancing, and then Utah versus Dallas, I think, is an intriguing series as well. But I'm going to go with Utah in this one. So pretty much all chalk in the uh, – almost all chalk in the uh, in the Western Conference right there. So um, then now I, I've got Phoenix. They, they cruise on through. You know, Phoenix, I think, continues to advance. And then, you know, I've got Memphis versus Golden State. I think Golden State wins that one just based off experience and so much firepower. So then we've got Phoenix and Golden State. I think Phoenix is just on a mission. I'm going to pick Phoenix to advance back to the NBA Finals. Uh, And then on the Eastern Conference side of things, the Heat... You know, they're going to take care of business against the Hawks. Uh, then in the second spot, we've got we've got Boston versus Brooklyn. I'm sticking with Brooklyn. I know Boston got a big game one victory. Uh, they play tonight. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so they play tonight again. I'll stick with Brooklyn. Bucks are going to get past the Bulls, and I'm going to pick Philly over the 76ers, which is still looking good right now with Philly up 2 nothing. But uh, then that means we've got uh, Heat versus the 76ers. Bucks versus Brooklyn. I'm taking the Bucks in a rematch from last year. I think they get the best of Brooklyn again. So I'm picking the Bucks to advance back to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they will face the Philadelphia 76ers. And I've wanted this to be a rivalry. There's been some chatter back and forth, you know, Harden and Giannis and Embiid and whatever. There's been some of that. I think this is going to be a big step in maybe developing a potential rivalry. I know I've called this. I've asked for this for the last couple of damn years. But maybe we'll finally get it with this. Bucks, 76ers, Eastern Conference Finals. I'm picking the Bucks to go back. It's a rematch of last year's NBA Finals. And originally I had picked the Suns. I'm going to stick with that. I think it goes seven, but if the Bucks, I think the Bucks have the better overall team. I'll just come out and say that right now. I think the Bucks have the better overall team, but ugh, that that Suns team, I I think they're just on a, on cruise control right now. I think they're a little bit on cruise control. So I hope that anybody with the Bucks is listening to me and they take offense to this and they use me as motivation because I'm all about the Bucks. Bucks and six, fear the deer. I have, I know I've said it before, but these last few years with with Giannis, I have gotten more into into Bucks basketball 
because of this kid, this Greek freak, this Giannis. I love his mindset. I love his philosophy on you know life or or how he goes about the game and all that sort of stuff. I know I've said it before and I've preached it before how many other times, but if you have not seen or excuse me, if you have not heard Giannis talk at all, you have got to do yourself a favor and listen to this man talk. He is a guy that has got a great head on his shoulders. You know that old phrase like, this is a dude that I want my kid to grow up to, to emulate. I love Giannis. This, this, I mean, I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd like really enjoy another NBA player like I did with Shaq and Penny back in the day. Giannis is getting there. Giannis is getting there. Just added a Giannis jersey to the man cave. So, um, man, it's so much fun to watch that guy play. And I think, I really think that we're going to see Giannis be a, a top 10 NBA player of all time. I think we are. I think we're going to see that. When his career is all said and done, I feel like Giannis is going to be a top 10 NBA player of all time. And I don't think that's big a big hot take or or a bold prediction. I think, you know, 15 years, 20 years, maybe not even that long, when we have that conversation of, like, building your all-time starting lineup, Giannis is going to be a selection for many people in there. You know, when you look at the power forward position, you've got Mr. Fundamental, Tim Duncan. Uh, you can slot Larry Bird in there if you want. Maybe some people go with a little LeBron in there to get creative with their starting lineup. Giannis is going to be in that conversation. And I don't think Giannis is going to win MVP this year. You know, you got the finalists of Giannis and, uh, and, and Jokic and, and Embiid. I think I'm really curious to see how that that vote goes. I'm really curious to see how close it's going to be. I think it should be close. I hope it's close because all those guys d- deserve to be MVP in my opinion. But I don't think Giannis is going to get it. I, I, I don't think he's going to get it. I think Embiid's going to get it. I didn't realize that it um, that that Embiid led the scoring led led the league in scoring. It was the first time a center had done so since Shaq. I did not realize that. That that was a long ass time when you think about it. In fact, like when Marcus Smart just won defensive player of the year, I hadn't realized the last guard to do that. You gotta go back to the mid nineties with the glove Gary Payton. I didn't realize that either. I mean, damn. That was a long time, a lot of firsts this year. We're throwing it back to, to the 90s and early 2000s with these NBA uh, performances from some of these players. I love it. That, that, that was my bread and butter, the 90s. The 90s and, and early 2000s. So I think Embiid's going to win MVP. Um, I think he's going to do it. I'm curious to see how the voting goes, but I think Giannis too, he's in that conversation where you know it's the Jordan and LeBron effect where, I mean, the man could probably win the – win the damn award every single year. So, um, but nope, those are my predictions. I hope the Bucks can repeat though, because that would be flipping fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay. So changing it up here a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. I've got my top five, uh, number one overall 
football draft bus. Guys that were selected number one overall, but my top five and and who were the biggest ones. Plus, as we were recording this, news about Debo Samuel being traded, or he wants to be traded. How likely is that to happen? If you're a Packers fan, I'm going to temper your expectations here too. Okay, I'm going to temper that. Quick break. We'll be back after these quick words. I wake up early every morning, and the first thing I do is turn on the coffee maker. I need that caffeine to get my rise and grind going. But coffee wasn't just doing it anymore. I needed an extra kick. That's when I found Ghost Energy. First of all, the name stood out. I mean, come on, Ghost, Casper, you get it. But the main thing for me was the sugar. There's none and only five calories per can. See, I was never a fan of energy drinks because of all the sugar in them. But with Ghost Energy Drink, I don't have to worry about that. Plus, I get a little nostalgia because of their flavors like Orange Cream Sickle, Sour Patch, and Warheads. Hey, rise and grind, people. Grab a ghost and dominate the day. So how many of you have actually seen the movie The Batman that, that came out? Now, I am a big Batman fan. Now, I'm not a comic book guy. I've never been a comic book guy. I don't know the Batman comic book story or or graphic novels or, or anything like that. By the way, if anybody has ever like I know some people have, but like are, are, are those Batman are those Batman graphic novels worth it? Like are they good? I don't know. Like I I'm just kind of curious. Like anybody who has thoughts on that, you can hit me up. But anyways, but ever since I was a kid, Batman, you know, I I I was introduced to it from uh, the Michael Keaton Batman. That's why I, I probably still view him as as my favorite Batman, the Batman, the number one, number uno Batman. You know the cartoons. I mean, Mickey D's getting the glasses for Batman Forever. I believe it was. Maybe they did it for for Batman Returns too. But I I know for sure they had it for for Batman Forever. I mean, I got Batman swag and in the uh, in the man cave. Nothing to brag about really, but it'd be cool to get like a be cool to get like the the batman mask right that would be awesome that would be awesome that oh i would love that yeah don't know if that'll happen anyways um (laughs) now i'm getting off track finally watched the robert pattinson version of batman i didn't have a lot of expectations okay i was not a fan of ben affleck's batman wasn't a fan of the movie. Wasn't a fan of, of Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, Christian Bale is my second favorite Batman, but he did a really, really great job. Nah for uh, Val Kilmer. Nah for, for George Clooney. So, you know, Robert Pattinson, you, you know him from, I haven't seen those vampire movies. Was it Twilight? You know, he's in Harry Potter. Didn't know what to expect. But I'll tell you what, it exceeded my expectations. Wasn't keen on him being Bruce Wayne. Now, I don't know if that was, again, I don't know, like, the backstories. I don't know, you know, these, these um, you know, storylines or whatever they call it, DC Universe, Marvel Universe, stuff like that. I don't know any of that, that deep dive stuff there. So I don't know if they're trying to get, like, a younger kid-like version of, of Bruce Wayne in there. That's what it kind of seemed like to me. But the movie, yes, it was long. That was a big gripe for a lot of people. But there was constantly something going on. There were so many twists, and it's like, oh, okay, they're starting to wrap it up, and then, boom, something else happened, and, like, completely, you know, it just, like, picked it up again. The intensity there. Um, I thought he played good as Batman. 
or I shouldn't say played good. I thought he was. I thought he played the character Batman well. You know, I think what 85 percent of the movie he's in the bat suit, anyways. So I just, yeah, that's that's to to me. I I liked it. I dug it, man. I dug the movie. I know some people. I think for for the most part, people I talked to, they said it was okay. You know, there was some good, some bad with it. I don't think anybody's saying it's the best Batman movie of all time. It's you know, it's not better than The Dark Knight or anything like that. But Robert Pattinson as Batman exceeded my expectations. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, she was awesome. Colin Farrell as Penguin, heck yes. You know the dude uh, that that played the Riddler is is like is Klitz from The Girl Next Door. Yeah, that guy. That movie, The Girl Next Door. You go back to the early two thousands. That it was like all movies were like uh, teenage rom coms or some crap like that or teenage comedies yeah that was kind of weird anyways i liked it i liked it thought it was solid there's my batman take for the day uh back to uh football here so while we were recording this while we while we were uh, recording this podcast spit it out dan news broke that debo samuel has requested a trade requested a trade from the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, I mean, this has been quite the offseason for wide receivers in the NFL. Dudes getting paid, dudes getting traded, then getting paid. I mean, and then you got the draft coming up here. That's got a ton of depth at uh, at wide receiver. So, I mean, this has been an offseason that has just been, you know, if, if your storyline's all across about about wide receivers for crying out loud. So now I know the majority of our listeners to, to this podcast are are probably Packers fans. So as soon as that news, you know, was out there, it's like, oh yeah, Debo Samuel, Green Bay, make the move, make the trade, get it done. You know, now we're in a draft. We're like, we're looking for a Debo Samuel comparison, like with Burks and, and Pickens or Watson or, you know, some of those bigger wide receivers that can also run the football and, and be like a hybrid wide receiver slash running back. Um, you know, and that that's what Debo Samuel did very well for the 49ers last year. Haven't heard, haven't seen why he wants out of San Francisco, but from some of the reports out there, it has nothing to do with money. It has more to do with how the 49ers use him. And honestly, that was kind of one of my things that came to my mind right away. It's like, hey, maybe Debo Samuel doesn't doesn't want to be a hybrid. Maybe he doesn't want to run the football. It's a lot more wear and tear on your body then, right? I mean, if you're taking handoffs and you're, you're in the passing game, remember that uh, playoff game between San Francisco and Green Bay. Dude was banged up, and he kept going in. You could tell he was banged up, though. San Francisco uses him a lot, special teams in that too. So part of me was kind of wondering if, if you know, that was part of the reason. And that's two things here for, 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 for Packers fans to consider. One, if he doesn't want to play that role anymore and he just wants to strictly focus on wide receiving, do you still want to bring him in and, and, and you know, trade a first-round pick for him and, you know, probably have to give him a huge contract? knowing that he's not going to be that hybrid guy that we saw San Francisco use him as, does that diminish the value a little bit for you in your opinion? Second, do we realistically think 
that San Francisco is going to trade Debo Samuel to the Green Bay Packers. I have my doubts on that. Okay, San Francisco still views themselves as a as a team that could compete, that could go to the Super Bowl. Hell, they were in the NFC Championship game again last year, right? So, the, and with the, if you want to believe the rumors and rumblings about you know last year with Shanahan, Lafleur, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. San Francisco is not going to trade Debo Samuel to the Green Bay Packers unless the Green Bay Packers really, really, really overspent. It's just not going to happen. Unless Debo, like, I don't know if he has a whole lot of say. I don't think he has a whole lot of say. I don't think he has a whole lot of pull. I mean, would he be sitting there and, and willing to say, I'm not playing for you, but the only team I want to go to is Green Bay, so force a trade there? I don't know. I doubt it. I just I can't see this 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 happening. I'm sorry. Call me a Debbie Downer, Packers fans. I just don't see this working out. I don't see Green Bay able to acquire Debo Samuel. And again, you know, if he doesn't want to play the running back, that hybrid wide receiver running back, does that diminish the value in him a little bit? Because throughout the whole draft process, we've been talking about, okay, where's that guy? Who's that dude that could play a Debo Samuel? Who's a dude that we can line up in the backfield and and split him out wide or he could play the slot? Heck, you can even have him return kicks. We were looking for that new Debo Samuel. Well, here, Debo Samuel's available, but he doesn't want to be Debo Samuel anymore. He just wants to be a wide receiver. Is it worth it? He's a hell of a talented wide receiver. Put up over 1,400 yards receiving last year. But does it diminish... What the the value a little bit? Does it diminish what what he could do within this Packers offense? And I don't fault Debo Samuel if he doesn't want to do that. I mean, you know, his value is so high right now; it's the highest it's ever going to be. And if he wants to extend his career and maybe not have as much wear and tear, there you go. Now, for anybody saying, "Well, Cordell Patterson does it," Cordell Patterson has to do it. He had to do it. You know, he wasn't he wasn't getting any offers to be a top wide receiver, right? He wasn't getting any offers to do that. Cordell Patterson has to do that right now if he wants a job, if he wants playing time, if he wants a nice contract. Debo Samuel has a little bit more pull than what Cordero Patterson has right now. Don't think that's much of a hot take or a bold prediction right there. The one trade I do want to see happen because I love chaos and I like seeing stuff burn to the ground and drama at times if it doesn't involve my teams. Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in the same draft room. Or same, excuse me, same quarterback room. Remember the draft a few years ago? Sam Darnold was a safe pick for number one overall. Nope. Browns went Baker Mayfield. Darnold went two picks later. Now, there's the potential that these two could be in the same quarterback room. I mean, if you are a Carolina Panthers fan right now, I f- I'm sorry. I mean, I am so, so sorry because what the hell is going on with your quarterback position right now? I mean, if you're Carolina, I got to ask the question. Do you really think that trading for Baker Mayfield is going to improve your quarterback play? Is Baker Mayfield that much of an upgrade over Sam Darnold? Is it? 
they do they they do stuff a little bit differently, but I mean, is it that much of an upgrade? I don't think it is. Is it worth trading a pick for it? I don't think there is. I don't. So if you're Carolina, if they make that move, it's pure desperation. We know Matt Rule's on the hot seat. We know a lot of those coaches, this might be their only year there. If Carolina doesn't do something this year, I mean, there's probably going to be a change, right? And remember, Tepper, the owner for Carolina, spent boatloads of money for for Matt Rule. Boatloads of money for him to, to leave Baylor and become the head coach. And other teams wanted him, like the Giants. But... I just, I mean, I, I want to see it happen because it's like, first of all, I don't know off the top of my head, maybe it's happened, but I don't know off the top of my head whether, you know, we had like two quarterbacks drafted in the same draft in the top three in the same on the same team. I don't know, within like just a few years. I don't know if we've we've had that. So I just, I kind of want to see that though. I kind of want to see that, don't you? I mean, I kind of want to see it. So, wow. I was just thinking about that. I don't know if it'll happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Crazy. We'll see if it happens before the draft. All right. Um, Speaking of the draft, I've got my top five overall. Number one overall bus. So dudes who who were drafted... Number one overall, but ended up being bus. Okay, number five. Actually, you know what? We'll take a break. Yeah, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball there. We'll take a break. I'll do that. And then we'll announce when the Casper Classic is. Quick break. We'll be back after this. The Man Cave Podcast is hitting the road and recording episodes at your favorite locations. But we needed a little bit of help moving around the equipment from location to location. So we brought in the experts from Dan the Moving Man. Whether we're broadcasting locally or from a longer distance, Dan the Moving Man is with us every step of the way. And that can go for you as well. Dan the Moving Man is the moving service you can count on. They offer a wide range of moving-related services to help better serve you. So when you see us in the Man Cave podcast out on the road at your favorite locations, it's because of the help that we received from Dan the Moving Man. And you can get that same help. Just visit danthemovingman.com for more information. All right, time for the announcement that a lot of you have been maybe waiting for and the only reason you've been sitting through this podcast. But uh, hopefully we can get you to come back, you know, be a regular listener to to the pod. But uh, the announcement of when the second annual Casper Classic is going to be. Drum roll. Drum roll. I can't do drum roll with, like, the mouth or whatever the heck they do it there. Anyways, August 26th, Friday, August 26th at Princeton Valley Golf Course in Eau Claire. That's That's when the Casper Classic is going to be. So put it on your calendars. Get your two-person teams ready. More details on, on how to register your teams and sign up. Those are coming. But put it on the calendars, August 26th. Princeton Valley Golf Course in Eau Claire, the second annual Casper Classic, right? More stuff coming, more stuff coming. But, uh, hey, going to finish up this episode of the podcast here. Um, 
So we got the draft next week. I've got my top five, my top five, number one overall guys who, who were drafted number one overall, but my top five who were busts, okay? So they can only be, only be guys who were drafted number one overall, okay? So coming in at number five, we'll go from five to one. I'm going with Tom Cousineau from the Ohio State, linebacker from Ohio State, drafted number one, uh, drafted number one overall uh, by the by the Buffalo Bills. Okay, number one overall by the Buffalo Bills, but he didn't play for them. He he ended up going to Montreal. Okay, he ended up going to Montreal uh, because they offered him a lot more money. Okay, and he played there for. A few years ago, uh, in 1982, he wanted to return to the NFL. Uh, the Oilers attempted to sign him, but the Bills still had his rights, matched the offer. Cleveland uh, had been interested in signing him. So then uh, he was then traded from the Bills to the Browns for a first-round pick in the 83 draft, plus a second and a third draft choice in the other years. So, uh, And that first-round pick was used on, on Jim Kelly. He was uh, on Jim Kelly. So, um, and actually, in 1983, he was arrested in connection with a minor collision with a police car, charged with drunk driving, um, and, and some other stuff there too. But um, he was named second team All NFL by the by the AP in 1984, but never made the Pro Bowl in his career. He led the team in tackles in three seasons. But as, as a as a number as a number one overall pick, okay, number one overall pick, did he live up to those expectations of a number one overall pick? I don't think so. I don't think he did. So my number five on here, I'm going with Mr. Tom Tom Cousineau from Ohio State. Number four, um, number four, I'm gonna go 1982. Kenneth Sims, defensive end from Texas, drafted number one overall in 1982, played seven years for the New England Patriots. Um, but really, I mean, you know, nothing, again, living up to a number one overall selection. He didn't do that. Didn't do that. He finished his career playing 74 career games, had 17 sacks over those eight seasons. His best year was in 1985 when he managed five and a half sacks and played in uh, Super Bowl 20 for those New England Patriots. So Kenneth Sims coming in at number four. Number three, I'm going Courtney Brown. You guys remember Courtney Brown, right? From the, from the Cleveland Browns. Not a good stretch of picks coming up here for uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I might have tipped away who my, who my second one is, is going to be here. But um, Courtney Brown, he was drafted. Uh, by the Cleveland Browns here in 2000, in the year 2000, number one overall in the year 2000. Uh, ended up finishing his career with 156 tackles and 19 sacks. Played four years with the Cleveland Browns, then the Denver Broncos there too. You know, his best year was probably 2003 when he had six sacks. I mean, he'd started off not bad, four and a half sacks, four and a half sacks. Um, you know, his second year he only played five games and in, in four and a half sacks, but so he looked like maybe on a trend there. But then, you know, it just kind of came 
tumbling down after that, right? It, it kind of came tumbling down after that. So, um, you know, his two thousand, his last season with uh, with Cleveland in two thousand four, he just played in two games, zero sacks. Denver, fourteen games, two sacks. Just again, did he live up to a number one overall selection? No, he didn't. He didn't. So, uh, I got Courtney Brown there. Then Tim Couch. I'm going Tim Couch, the the Cleveland Browns quarterback too. So two straight picks for the Cleveland Browns, and these two guys were selected number one overall in back-to-back years. Cleveland number number one overall in 1999. Again, for for a number one overall pick, some of these guys didn't have bad careers when you compare them to a lot of players, right? A lot of them didn't have that bad careers, but with the number one overall selection attached to them did they live up to that number one overall selection these guys i don't think so tim couch is another example of that uh 99 to 2003 brown spent a hot minute in the offseason with uh with the packers in 04 then jacksonville and in 07 his career 64 touchdown passes 67 interceptions over 11,000 passing yards uh his best season you know 199 let's go 19 no yeah yeah no I was gonna, it's gonna go with with nineteen ninety nine, but it's actually two thousand and one where he passed over three thousand yards. But again, seventeen touchdown passes, twenty one interceptions, fifteen thirteen, fifteen touchdown passes, thirteen interceptions. His first year, seven and nine, seventeen twenty one, eighteen and eighteen, and then uh, seven and six. So Tim Couch again, was he worthy as a number one overall pick? Did he live up to that? No. I don't think so. And one dude, number one, probably a number one for a lot of you out there. My number one biggest bust to come from the number one overall selection in NFL draft history, Jamarcus Russell, the Oakland Raiders. Finished his career, 18 touchdown passes for 23 interceptions. Completion percentage of just 52.1, 4,083 yards passing. When you look at his career, played just in 07, 08, 09, 31 games, 25 of those were starts. 08, his first, his real only full season, 15 games, 2,423 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Had a quarterback rating of a 22.1. For a dude who was, you know, praised for his cannon of an arm, didn't really showcase that a whole lot. Jamarcus Russell, number one. Biggest bust to come from a number one overall draft pick. Again, remember, these are number guys selected number one overall. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the, the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you uh, listening to my ramblings and incoherent talks and whatever you want to describe it. Next week, uh, our next episode is going to be all NFL draft unless some crazy stuff happens. Then we'll have, might have to make it... Uh, might have to make it uh, a couple of more episodes or something like that. But definitely draft heavy for next week's episode with my first round mock and then my seven round Packers mock draft. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll chat with you all again next time. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for checking out the podcast, whether you are a regular listener or a first-time listener. Hopefully you'll be back if you're that first-time listener. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, practically everywhere. And don't forget, give it a good rating like that five-star rating so other people can find the podcast as well. Special shout-out to Kyle Schaefer. He's our music guy. All the cool sounds and and music you hear on the podcast, that's all from Kyle Schaefer. If you're interested in some of his music, follow him on Twitter at Phoenix underscore Guy 08 or email him, Schaefer, that's S-C-H-A-F-E-R dot K-W at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and thanks again for checking out this episode of the Man Cave Podcast.